I want you now to turn to Zechariah 4. I'm going to run through this and we'll try and get this pinned up on, the, uh, on our website so those people who want to listen to it again and study it because this is a now word. I, I'm, reading from, I'm reading from both, NIV and I'm reading from the... That's fine, yeah, NIV or the New King James. Um, but I'm reading from both. But... It is, we are in the balance of what is coming. We are on the brink of it. Heidi came to me a, a, a couple of weeks ago and she said, Andy, you know, it just feels so hard. Feels really hard. And I was sort of thinking, well, it's always hard. I didn't notice the difference. It's always hard. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're in a battle. Um, and I am saying now that there is a change coming. There is a change coming, and look at the look at the super well, not the super the natural uh, phenomenon of weather that we've had. Look at the blackouts of power that we have had. This is all confirmation of what what's coming. It's going to get dark out there. Deep darkness covers the earth, and deeper darkness the people. But there's a body of people that are going to arise and shine. And I am telling you now, we are on the brink of this. It will start breaking out this month. This will break out among us and in us this month. Not next month, this month. So when I saw the angel standing here, I'm thinking, this is confirmation. This is confirmation. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Yeah, we've got to start seeing this. This is why, when the Lord said to me, he said, this is why I've led you down the path about leading and following in the Spirit. We've got to stop living in flesh and live in that Spirit. Your emotions cannot be dictated by the flesh. Your emotions must be dictated by the Spirit. We've got to grow up now. This is a time of maturity. But the great word is grace, grace, grace grace. There is an amazing grace that is going to come on us to enable us to get filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a grace coming on us. This is a grace period now, this month. This is the time now to press in individually like you've never pressed in before. And this is the chapters. I've got lots of scripture. So it's Zechariah 4. Please turn in your Bibles to it. Chapter, it's a whole of chapter 4, verse 1. Now the angel talked with me, came back and wakened me as a man who was awakened out of sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand, a solid gold with a bowl on the top of it. And, the stand, and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are there by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on the left's left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, Lord? Folks, we're going to have visitation by angels. Angels are going to physically turn up and start instructing us. Psalm 91, it says, The angels concerning us. There is going to be a release of the supernatural realm to enable us to get this job done. We're going to have visitation from the cloud of witnesses. I'm expecting Zechariah to turn up and confirm this. Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus up on the mount, 
Who's, who do Peter and John and James see? Elijah and Moses. We're going to have visitation. These people are alive and well. They're not dead. They're going to come to us. So here it is. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is prophetically a type of Jesus. We, we are now that type. We are the Zerubbabels of this world. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? And you shall become a plain, and you shall bring forth the capstone. Who's the capstone? Jesus is. Jesus is the capstone. With shouts of grace, grace to it. This is the shout that's going across us today. Grace, grace, to get this done. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple. His hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you who has dis- and who has despised the day of small things, small beginnings. <clears throat> who dares despise the day of small beginnings? That prophetic word has been given to me and Heidi since 2003, and I can't, I can't even begin to count the number of times people have said, I've got a word for you, Andy. Do not despise the, 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 the days of small beginnings. Wow, we have lived it. But I'm telling you now, this day of small beginnings is about to come to an end. You watch what happens. Now listen to this. He laid the foundations of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. The Lord of hosts has sent me, and who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice. Who are these seven? The seven lamps. The seven lamps are seven angels, as well as seven menorahs. You've got to understand that. In the book of Revelations, it says that he wanders amongst the seven lamps, which are seven angels as well. It's amazing. The plumb line is the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. This is why this angel's standing here. This is one of the angels that is now attached to this church for what is about to be released upon us today. This is a now word. Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olive trees on the right of the lampstand and on its left? And I further answered and said to him, these are the two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the golden pipes from which golden oil drains. Then he asked me and said, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. So he said to me, these are the two anointed one who stand beside the Lord of the whole of the earth. There is so much prophetic in that passage. I could unpack this until the Lord comes back. There is so much stuff in this, but this is what the Lord wants. I went, I'm going to go through 12 points of what the Lord is saying. He said to me, in this, he said, what do you see? What do you see? And it also said, if you listen to this, this is what's happening now. Like someone awakened from sleep, he said to me, what do you see? There is an awakening happening. There is an awakening happening. There is going to be an awakening and a shaking from a a body of people. Are you awake today? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for what's coming? If my mum starts uh, falling asleep, just not. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, if my mum hasn't been welcomed. Folks, this is my mum. <laughs> my mum, you wouldn't believe it. She's, she doesn't look a day under 102. <laughs> she turns 90 this year and still preaching the gospel. Still preaching, going around the, all of Exeter and all around the area in Devon, preaching the gospel, preaching the word. My mum and I were talking about this. We've got no reason to retire. We don't retire. This is, we're going to be doing this till the Lord comes back. Aren't we? Absolutely. So anyway, welcome mum. There is an awakening. This is about to happen on a body of people. And it will be his chosen ones. Titus 2, his special ones. I've get, and, he, and he gave himself for us to redeem us from all the wickedness. To purify for himself a people that are his very own. Eager to do what is good. Are you eager to do what is good? Absolutely. Titus 2 verse 14. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all the wickedness. To purify for himself. There is going to be a purification on a body of people, that this body of people will become what the church lacks. They will become holy. They will become holy. Set apart for his purposes. Set apart. And there's seven lamps and seven pipes. What does that prophetically say? What does seven represent? Completion. There is a completion of a work. And number eight is what? New beginnings. And there will be a completion of this work and eight into new beginnings. There is going to, we're into a new time. Because this, this time has been completed. We're moving into a new time. A new beginning. But it be, will be the Lord's hand directed by the Holy Spirit on a bunch of people. You can't earn this. You can't do anything of the Old Testament of abiding by rules and regulations. You just have to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. And you press into him. And we'll get into this more and more. Because there is new beginnings. And this, these lampstands, what do they represent? I've said the yes, they also represent angels. But they're menorahs. They are menorahs. And they are... And what is a menorah? Where is this menorah? It's in the Holy of Holies. So this menorah is a vessel of God. Not a vessel to the people. It's a vessel of God. In the presence of God. What are we? We are vessels. This is prophetically saying that God is going to have vessels that will shine for him. Shine for him like we've never seen a body of people shine before. Never. And like Zerubbabel says, it's going to be done by grace, 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 grace. And I'll get into that. We are the vessels of God. So what do these vessels have to do? We have to set ourselves apart. We have to come out of the world and live for him. We have to live to fulfill his purposes. Not our purposes. I'm not here to retire. I'm not going to sit in a rocking chair... Smoking a pipe, spending my retirement. No, we have got a job to do. And the church is asleep to what is coming. But we're awake. We have been awakened for the last few years. This is our time. And what is it called? We are called to the higher things of God. You see, God will shout out his truth. And we have got to be prepared to shout out that truth. 
He will have a body of people that will stand for truth, even if it makes us really unpopular. And we've got to be prepared for that. Until we get endured from power, with power from one high. Until. And we're called to be holy. So we've got to separate ourselves out of the mud of this world. There is good, you've, got to, you've got to start physically and spiritually washing the world off you and ask the Holy Spirit to help you in it. What we thought about yesterday, we cannot do tomorrow. Do you follow me? We've got to come out of the world and be separated. And what are we going to do? This is number two. We are going to be light. We're going to be the light to this world. We are going to arise and shine. In Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 3, it says, you should all know this, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and upon me, and his glory appear appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is why we've got it on the pole, because this is our word. We're going to arise and shine because the Lord will be on us. His light, his glory will radiate out of us. Because this temple, this temple is set apart for him. This te- I choose to serve the Lord with all of my heart. I'm like that bond servant. Nail my ear to that doorpost. I love my wife, I love my child, but I do not want to be free. Free from who? From him. He's bought me at such a high price. And you, through the death on the cross and the blood that he shed so that we could be set apart for God's purposes. So arise, and nations is going to come. We're going to go to nations. Not just the UK. We're going to go to nations with this message, with the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Not the good news of the gospel of the church, but the gospel of the kingdom. And we're going to demonstrate that the kingdom is at hand. How? We're going to get the attention of them. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to cleanse the lepers. We're going to drive out demons. We're going to raise them from the dead. And freely we receive, freely to give. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. This healing is in our wings. This is going to arise on us like a world has never seen. It's going to eclipse people like William Branham and A.L. Allen and Alexandra Dowin and even one of our own, Smith Wigglesworth. We're going to eclipse it. The world hasn't seen this ever before. You know, Joshua, when he says, prepare yourselves, consecrate yourselves, set yourselves apart because you've never been this way before. We have not been away this way before. And if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, Jesus says in John 14, he says, you will obey me. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with him and her. There is going to be a body of people where Jesus will reside in will reside in. 
and the Father will reside in. Because Jesus isn't coming back for a disgruntled, pushed down, rubbish old church. He's going to come back for his glorified church because he's in it. It's not about us. It's about us shining out with his glory. Not about us. It's not about you. It's all about him. We can't sing these songs without the presence of the Holy Spirit enabling us to sing them. And if anyone does not love me, will not obey my teachings. These words to you here are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. That's John 14, verse 23 and 24. Number three. What does the lamp need to burn and shine? Oil. Oil. What does the oil represent? Holy Spirit. There is going to be a bunch of people starting this week, starting this week, starting this month, that is going to be saturated with the oil of his presence, of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have an infilling of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't be surprised if our very building starts rocking and shaking. Or our home where you are praying starts rocking and shaking. (coughs) This is how it started with the, uh, the book of Acts. They call it the Acts of the Apostles. This is how it started. The Acts of the Apostles, they did not start this without the oil of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said to them, tarry thee, tarry thee, wait thee, go thee, wait, 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 and pray until you're endured with power. This power is going to be seen on a bunch of people that will arise and shine for Jesus. And it's going to attract the world. Because deep darkness covers the people. I met a lovely lad. I went to to the chemist. Uh, just to get a couple of couple of things there. And I was standing waiting for in the line, and then I hear, hello, Mr. Tiplady. I turned around, and, oh, hello, mate, how's it going? And he was a big, fat, chubby lad, but now he's a big lad. I said, what are you in here? He says, oh, I've just been stabbed in his buttocks. There's a warning. And I said, you're selling, aren't you? You're selling. Give it up, because next time, they're going to kill you. He said, we've buried Kavan. Don't want to be burying another one like you. Give it up. He's a lovely lad. But how are we going to reach these people? Unless we have the filling of the Holy Spirit. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. Just like the old days, but this is going to be so new. We are not going to be able to stop people coming to the Lord. They're going to come past a threshold and they're going to fall. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for this? Start seeing it here in the spirit. Start seeing it in the spirit. I see bodies falling in. I see people being shaken out of their houses, pouring out, coming to the garden and saying, what's happening? You've been made to be filled with the Holy Spirit and it will be totally, totally unearned. It will be done through grace. We can't earn this. All we've got to say is, Lord, we want it. Do you want this? I want it. I want it with more more than my own life. I want this. I am, me and Heidi have been in this as you have. We've been in a long journey. But we're about to come into that station to start a new journey. The world hasn't seen this. So this is why we have been pressing in to be led by the Spirit of God. In Romans 8, verse 14, it says, 
For those who are led by the Spirit of God are called what? Sons of God. And then that's, in some versions it says children, but that's a, a wrong translation. It's sons with a capital S. Those, we've got to start being led by the Holy Spirit. When I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to preach on on Sunday? I've got a nice message here. And he said, no, this is what I want you to preach. There is going to be a filling of a body of people by the Holy Spirit. I'm ready for it. I'm, you ready for it? This is going to start breaking out. And it'll be all grace. Grace to do the... What, is, what does grace mean? And I just put it really simply. <clears throat> Grace is to be able to do the things that we cannot do for ourselves. That's grace. That the God will give us what we need for the hour to do what we cannot do for ourselves. I can't heal a headache. But the Holy Spirit can get rid of cancer. Can't it? We can raise the dead. We're literally, we're going to go into hospitals and raise the dead. We're going to go into the children's clinic. You know, I, I weep when I see young children being buried. Where's, the, where's, 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 where's God in that? We're the answer. We are the answer to this. Because Jesus said in 1 John 3 verse 5, it says the reason that Jesus came was to defeat the works of the enemy. That is the enemy. When they start doing this on young children or old people or anybody, it's wrong. But we are going to be the answer to that, Steve. We're going to go in and we're going to be hope where there is a hopeless, hopelessness. Do you believe this? This is a now word. This is going to start breaking. This is the wind of change that I keep hearing in the spirit as we have had winds come across this, the whole of this country. This is a wind of change that is coming. It's blowing all the, the, the dross and all of the chaff is blowing it in. So what lands and what remains is all of his. We're going to see the fullness of the Holy Spirit resting on a body of people. Do you understand what that is going to look like? The fullness of the Holy Spirit. I'll show you what it's going to look like. This is John 14, verse 16 and 17. This is Jesus' words. John 14, 16 and 17. This is Jesus saying. So when you, know, when you see Jesus saying something, you pay attention to it. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, this is from the New King James, to help you and be with you forever. We have the portion of the Holy Spirit in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in each and every one of us. But it's so small, it's almost unrecognisable. But when the Holy Spirit connects with this Spirit, we're going to shine with the brilliance, the brilliance where it will be seen in the dark, Isaiah 60, and also in the dawn. Because it's a new day dawning. That's what God said to me. That's what the Lord said. It's a new day dawning. The darkness is going to be there but you're going to be light in that darkness. But there's a new day dawning. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, we, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is 
from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is a free gift. And all you've got to, all you've got to do is say, Lord, here I am. That's all you've got to do. Here I am. And grace, grace, grace will abound and the Holy Spirit will connect with your spirit. And it is going to ignite us. Ignite us to self-combustion. We've got, we can't wait for the prophets to come. We can't wait for a great man of God or a great woman of God to come. We've got to self-ignite. This is our responsibility. And then 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5. My message and my preaching, this is Paul, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but were demonstrations of the Spirit's power. This is the Holy Spirit's power that will be seen upon us. And we won't have clever words. We'll just do what he tells us to do. I want you to go here and there, and this is what I want you to do. And you, you'll, you'll have instruction to where to go, who the person is. You'll not just have a word of knowledge. You'll have the spirit of all knowledge. You will walk up to somebody, and you will read them like a book. You'll be able to tell them, like William Branham. He could tell the person who, what the doctor's name is, where he lives, what his name is, even his telephone number. But we're going to have the fullness of this. William Branham touched it, but he didn't get the fullness of it. We're going to have the fullness of this. Uh, Listen, what does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, Isaiah 11, verse 2. Isaiah 11, verse 2. You must turn to this, because this is coming on us. This is what Jesus walked in. Jesus came out of that place of the wilderness. And what does it say? He was endured with power from on high. He'd already had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He had the fire, but now he was endured with power because he proved himself in that place of temptation. It's amazing. The Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of the Lord is going to rest upon us. That's number one. You will not just have a little bit of wisdom. You'll have the Spirit of all wisdom. You'll have the Spirit of God. Of all wisdom, you will have all understanding. Those two work together. You won't have a little bit of understanding how something works. You'll have all understanding of it. Because God is going to whisper, whisper his secrets into you. And how does he whisper something into your ear? Because you've got to be close. You've got to be close. If you're off doing your own thing, you're going to miss the whisper. How many people want to hear that soft whisper of the Lord? speaking into your ear to give you the secrets of the, of, the, of the kingdom of the age to come. And then we'll have the spirit of counsel and of might. We're going to need God's counsel. But we're also going to need the spirit of all might. This is what Samson had. This is what the three mighty men of valor had. This is what the other 30 had. This is what... You can go on. We've got battles to fight but we're not going to be fighting in our strength. Not by my might, not by my power, but by the Holy Spirit. This is coming. We're going to be so led by the Holy Spirit. We will not have to advertise. We won't have to pronounce because he will already do it. We cannot self-promote, folks. If you are looking for a ministry in this, you will, this will bypass you. This, you, will, you, will, you will miss it. 
because there's no more programs. We can't do the same thing. I cannot do the same thing next week as what we've done here today. It's got to be new. It's got to be fresh. This is where the new oil and the new wine cannot be put into old wineskins. And what does that represent? Prophetically, it's saying you can't do it the old way. You've got to do it the new way with the new wine. And what did he say best to last? Wine at the wedding feast. He saved his best to last, which is you and me. That's why it's been tough. That's why it's been tough. That's why it's been tough on a lot of you. It's tough out there, but it's going to be different. It's going to be so, so different. So we cannot do the same old things. And especially this applies to pastors and leaders. You can't do the same old, same old. Forget about the programs. Get rid of the programs. Cannot be the same old, same old. It's got to be done with a new spirit, with the new wine that God's about to pour out. And the new wine will be led by the Holy Spirit, which is you and me. Do you want to be a new wineskin? Absolutely. So God can pour his oil and his wine into me. The oil of his anointing. So we have to be light to this world. That was the, what the menorah had oil for, to be light to the world. Be light of the Holy Spirit. Your mind, your will and emotions must be given over to the Holy Spirit. We can overcome this world when we're full of the Holy Spirit. It will not be a... I'm telling you, there are things that you have been struggling with for year after year after year after year, but when this hits us, it will disappear out of your life. Don't you want that? You're the renewing of your mind, as it says. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is going to come on a body of people where you're going to have the mind of Christ. We're going to have the mind of Christ. So what's it going to look like? Four letters. L-O-V-E. Love. Love is going to be the champion of all this. You are going to be transformed. You are going to love the, the, the ones that are unloved. But you're going to you see, you can send a, a drug addict into rehab. But when the Spirit of God is on you and it comes on to that person, boom, it's gone. They won't, the, I'm telling you now, you're going to have psychiatrists ripping up their textbooks when they see what's on you and what's on me. It's coming out of a different world. It's not coming from human wisdom. It's going to be coming out of home... Holy Spirit wisdom. And we must, listen, this isn't, we're, we're going to pray at the end of this, this talk for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you now, this is just the start. We've got to do this every day of our lives. Holy Spirit, fill me. Every day. This is the start. I'm telling you, this will look different by the end of this month. This is the start of the filling of the Holy Spirit on a bunch of people. But we've got to do it daily. We've got to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. I can't do this, Holy Spirit. Only you can. Only you can do this, Holy Spirit, through me and in me. But come and fill me. Come and cover me. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. One of my favourite quotable verses in the Bible. He saved us and called us to what? A holy life. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of his purposes and his grace. 
See, God is going to give you the grace to overcome this world. But you're going to be set apart to fulfill the purposes of God. That's what he's doing in this passage. It's fulfilling his purposes through you and in you. This is what is going to start breaking out. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus, and look at the next words, before the beginning of time. That blows most people's minds. You were given this assignment in this day, in 2019, in the month of August, you were given this assignment before this world was even thought about. That's what the word says. Before the world began. That's incredible. You see, I knew that in 2019, before this world was ever formed, that I'd have Andy sat there, Jason sat there, Richard and, uh, there and Carol, because this has all been predestined. That's what Paul tells us. This has all been predestined. And all we have to do is say yes, 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 and more yeses. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. But we're not according to our works, but according to his purposes. Because God is going to do this through a body of people. And we can only do this when we're full of the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled, what's it going to help us do? Can I tell you? It's going to fulfill your destiny. Wow. This is going to fulfill your destiny because it's the Father's will to do it. (gasps) Wow. That should send shivers up you. We're going to have and start fulfilling the destinies and the purpose that were set apart for us now. Isn't that incredible? You ready for it? Do you want me to go on? For the Spirit of God does not, this is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-control. Power. Love. We can love people into hell. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on to us, we'll have power to turn them around and send them to heaven. We're going to be releases of fire and destiny onto a generation that hasn't even graced or their shadow touched a church. Thank God. Because they're not full of religion. They're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Freely we receive, freely to give. We're givers. Not takers. God's going to pour this on us through grace. And all we've got to say is, Lord, I want it. But we're also going to be givers of this. Okay, you want to give up drugs? Bam! Jesus' name. Get out of him, devil. Boom. Drugs is going to be instant. Instant. And then you're going to say, now receive what the Holy Spirit wants to give you, not what you're pumping into yourself. The Holy Spirit's going to be pumped into you and it's going to radically change you. And they're going to become screaming evangelists. They are going to be dragging people to church. Come here, you've got to listen to this guy. This is what the disciples did. Wow, it's dunamis power. Dunamis power. Explosive power. It's going to literally, in Jesus' name, he is the spirit of resurrection. Get out of that coffin. And that coffin's going to spring open. Get out of that grave. Cancer, get off that person. 
boom, it's going to be explosive. It's not going to be, uh, you're going to walk it out, it's going to be instant. This is going to be instantaneous miracles on a scale we have not seen before. How did the book of Acts start? Here's something. How did the book of Acts start? Holy Spirit. They were in the upper room. In one accord. Are we in one accord here? Absolutely. I'm telling you now, this is going to finish with the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts was the start. And in Zerubbabel, it's going to be the finish. God is going to finish and fulfill his plans and his purposes. There is going to be more people in heaven, destined for heaven, than there are in heaven now. There's a huge, huge lot coming in. And they are going to be raging evangelists. Some of them, when, the, when we hit the Muslims with this, and they switch and they become radical for Jesus, they see the truth, they're going to go back to Pakistan. And many of them are going to lose their lives. They're going to be martyred. But you know what? They're going to have a joy in their heart like they've never felt before. They're not going to put the, the, spirit, the, uh, the belt of explosives on them. They're going to have the spirit of all truth on them. They're going to put the belt of truth. And that truth is going to set nations free. Listen, this word goes to all nations. Every tongue will confess. Every tongue. That means there has to be a representation in heaven of every tongue on earth. This is going to nations. I'm excited. Listen. But you will receive, this is Acts 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that word power is dunamis power. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where it started. It started in Jerusalem. The disciples started in Jerusalem. But look what it says. Look what it says. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's the finish. We're going to finish what they started. I do not want to go back to the early church. I want to go to the new things of God. And this is only going to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit in you and on you and resting this is not something but when we get this and we're endured with this dunamis power we're going to take this to the ends of the earth do you realize that most of the population over half the population around this 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 world hasn't heard the gospel wow and we will be doing this with supernatural travel we'll do philippian airways when Philip hitches up his breeches and he sprints out the, char- the chariot, gets from one end of the city to the other in an instant. This is going to come to us. The Holy Spirit is going to say, do you know what I want you to do tonight? I'm going to take you to a place across the other side of the world. You're going to speak to this, this, these people in their own tongue. <coughs> and they're going to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And then you're going to have the mud of that earth where you've been on your shoes. It's happened to Bobby Connor. It's already happening. We know people who are doing this, who are being taken to places. Wow. You see, what they started, we will complete and take this to all the ends of the earth. But again, it will not be by our might and our power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What does it look like? Well, you know, Peter, when Peter was endured with this power from on high, 
What does he do? He goes to the gate of beautiful. How do you know he go to go to the gate of beautiful? The Holy Spirit told him to go there. Peter, I want you to go to the gate of beautiful. I'll tell you what to do when you get there. Oh, by the way, take John with you. So John and Peter go. We'll pick it up. Acts 3, verse 1 to 8. Um, look at this. Listen. When he saw Peter, this is the beggar, just out before going into the temple courts, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him. There's something that's going to happen. You're going to stare the devil in the eyes. And he's saying, devil, I'm coming after you. Out. Out. It's Andy Tip Lady. Out. It's Steve. What? I'm out of here. Get me out of here. It's June. Oh, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? It's going to be like that. We're going to rattle the devil's cage. We're going to rattle him. And he's going to leave. And it'll be done by a word. Out. In Jesus' name. Beautiful name of Jesus. Didn't you? I can't. I love that song. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. So he looked at them. Look at us, he said. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him. Because we're going to get the attention of the world, folks. This is when we're going to look at me. Look at me. And they're going to go, Ooh. And many of them are going to fall down, trembling with fear. The fear of God will be on them. I'm telling them this is coming. I'm telling you, we're going to have cripples who are literally going to be thrown out of their chairs and spring up and walk. I've seen that in the vision. Jumping off a stage, just going for it. And I remember in the vision me laughing my head off because it was so easy. This is going to be so easy. Listen, I'm telling you now, most of the books that have been written about healing are going to be ripped up and disproved. Because they're going to rip up a lot of the books that have been written about healing because there's going to be a new way, a higher way, a better way. You're going to have the spirit of all truth the spirit of all power and of all might upon you. Peter said to him, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. What does he have? He has the fullness of the Holy Spirit resting on him. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet were healed. Instantly this is going to happen. This isn't you're going to walk along and you know, eventually you're going to straighten. This is going to be instantaneous. This is what the power of the Holy Spirit will do in you and on you. That instant miracles will just break out. The cripples will walk. The deaf will hear. You're not going to be saying, right, let's hope this has happened. You're going to know it's happened. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, jumped to his feet now, and began to walk. <coughs> then he went with them into the temple. People are going to follow you, not with persuasive words, as Paul said, but with demonstrations of power. And then they're going to follow you. Then you're going to preach the gospel. Then you're going to train and equip. And then you're going to send them out in the truth of what the gospel really means. It's not about putting bums in seats. It's about setting a body of people on fire and releasing them. Releasing them. Don't you want this? 
Listen, look at Acts 5. Here's another one. This is, the, you know, the shadow of Peter. You all know this, but listen to what it says in verse 12. This is going to be us. This is what the Holy Spirit came to me and told me. He said, this is going to happen to us. The apostles performed many signs. Not just a few, but many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers <coughs> used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them. Could you imagine that? You're going to be sat and people are going to be afraid to come up to you. But you're going to approach them and put the Spirit of God into them and set them on fire for Jesus. Even though they were highly regarded by the people, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Not to the church, do you notice that? Not to the synagogue, not to the temple, but were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the street and laid them on beds and mats. So at least, this is at least, Peter's, sorry, Peter's shadow might fall upon some of them. As he passed by, crowds gathered also from the towns and, and around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirit, and all of them were healed. All of them were healed. What's the shadow of Peter? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that was on Peter, that his very presence of the Holy Spirit on Peter set these people, without Peter having to preach them. They just knew it would happen. This must have been a daily occurrence. Can you imagine that? The word had gone out to all the surrounding villages, surrounding Jerusalem. So they started in Jerusalem, but we're going to take it to the ends of the earth. Listen, this is what the Lord came and said, said to me. These are the words of the Lord. When he came to me yesterday, sat in my kitchen, and he said, the world will react to us, not us react to the world. That, that's not my wisdom. The world, the world will react to us, not us reacting to the world. Huge difference. We'll walk into an area and the whole atmosphere will change. We will be that light. We will be that energy. We will be that power. But we will react, finish, complete what was started in the book of Acts. Number four. You see, this is what I had to check this with Heidi because my, you know, sometimes I get words wrong and muddled up. And, and again, this is what the Lord said, so I had to check on it. I, it's, not, it's not me. You know, and I had to check with Heidi that I got this right. The Lord does not want us to be affected by the world, but to have an effect on the world. That's what's coming on us. We won't react to the world. The world's going to react to us. And we're going to finish what was the job the disciples was meant to complete. Where does the oil come from in uh, Zechariah 4? Where does the oil come from? The olive trees on the left and the right. What's the olive tree represent? It's his presence. It's the presence. Because the, the lamp is in the Holy of Holies. 
The olive tree is the presence of God. It's the presence of God. It's his presence. In Song of Songs 5, verse 2. This is what is going to happen to you when you get into the presence of God. Job wrote, he said that I would walk in the very cream, the butter, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's what Job said. He walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The butter, the cream, the creme de creme. And listen to what it says in Song of Songs. Verse, chapter 5, verse 2. I slept, but my heart was awakened. Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew. That's what Job had. He said he couldn't get up in the morning without his tent being drenched with the dew of the morning, which is the presence. It's talking about the presence. But he says, listen, my beloved, my beloved is knocking. You've got to open the door and ask him in. Open up the door and you've got to get in the presence of God like never before. You've got to be in the presence daily. The menorah, do you know what? The menorah never shone outside the temple. Where did it shine? Where did the menorah shine? In the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies. So when you get into the Holy of Holies, you should be expecting to get into the Holy of Holies. Getting into the presence of God. And that dew, that saturation of the presence of God will cover your head. And the anointing of that will overflow. People won't be drinking out of your cup. They'll be drinking out of the saucer. Because you're going to be so full. They're going to be drinking out of the source of your presence. So that's Heidi's. And this can only, only be done with one word. Intimacy intimacy you've got to be intimate intimacy you must be plugged into that olive tree of his presence and you can only be plugged in when you have intimacy intimacy is going to be a key and when you get into the holy of holies we will change the atmosphere around us both in the physical and in the spiritual We will live out of Psalm 91. He dwells in the secret, secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 91 is going to be our psalm. A thousand may fall at my left and ten thousand at my right, but it will not touch my house. What house? This house. The world is going to be so dark and so there are going to be major, major things happening around the world, but it will not touch this house because God has his special people, his best wine, that are new wineskins to make a difference. And here it is. What happens to this oil? It doesn't just flow from the olive tree. What happens to the oil? It's burnt. It gets ignited. There is going to be fire we're going to be ignited with the love of God like we have never been before. There is going to be instantaneous self-combustion of the Holy Spirit. That's incredible. Incredible. And time is now to be on fire for God. Because why? The harvest, number five, the harvest is coming in. Then he said to the disciples in Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38, 
He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into the harvest field. We're going to start bringing in the harvest, folks. We're going to start bringing in the harvest this year. This is the start. You see, a body of people, which is going to be the bride, will start to bring in this harvest. (coughs) Excuse me. And spread the gospel like it's never been spread before. And it won't be with a man standing at the pulpit. It'll be you demonstrations of power and might. But you're in love with God. You're on fire for him. You're about his... Well, that's why I've been... I didn't, I didn't understand why I was going down this whole thing about being preaching about the kingdom. Teaching about the kingdom of God is at hand. Until the Lord comes. And then it makes all sense why I've been doing this over the last few months. Because it is about the kingdom. Listen, there were two catches in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. There, there were two, sorry, there were two, in, in the, in, when you read the, the Gospels, there were two major catches. Remember when Jesus says to the disciples, throw over? I wanted to have a look at this. This is prophetic. This is very, very prophetic. Because the first catch represents the early church from the book of Acts. See, what they started we're going to finish. Can I show you this? Heidi, just get up first one. Luke 5, verse 5 and 6. Luke 5, 4 and 6. When he had finished speaking, Luke 5, 4 and 6. This is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So this is, this is prophetic of the beginning of the book of Acts. The beginning of Jesus' ministry. It says, And when he finished speaking to he said to Simon, Put out to deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked, all, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. <coughs> but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets almost broke. But it says it began to break. You see, the disciples almost lost the gospel. What happened? We went into the dark ages for a thousand years and the gospel wasn't preached. We almost lost it. This is what it's prophetically saying. We almost lost this catch. The nets broke. But now look at this. Heidi, can you get... John, John 21, verse 6. And then we're going to jump to verse 6 to 11. Okay. Yep. So now this is when Jesus has done his three and a half years of ministry. He's been crucified. He went to the, the, the tomb. He's been resurrected. And this is at the end of his ministry. When the disciples have, have, have they thought, well, we're going back to our old jobs. I'm going to be, I'm, Peter was a fisherman. So he said, John 21. We'll start at verse 6. This is prophetic of the beginning of the age with the disciples to the end of the age, us. Do you understand that? This is very prophetic. He said to them, throw your nets on the right side of the boat. So right, what's right mean? What is right? Why, why would we have right in it? What does it represent? 
the hand of God. It's the right hand of God. What is the right hand of God prophetically saying to us? Power and might. He has armed my fingers for battle and my arm for war. We're going to have the power of God on us. Do you understand this? This is all prophetic. Throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did this, they were unable to haul the net because of the large number of fish. The net didn't break. Because look what happened in verse 12. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Why would they put that in the Gospels? Really? It's because it's a message to us. We, we will not lose one. This is going to be 153. I'm asking God at the moment to come and, you know, I asked, Lord, what does 153 mean? I've been working on that one for years. What? And then the Lord just smiles at you. In time, in time. I said, Lord, come on. You give me this much. Please, 153. What does it mean, 153 nations? I don't know. Anyway, 153. But the net will not break. We will not lose this. We will get there, every one of the man, every one of them, calf. We're going to be doing it together. Camilla, Camilla, the Nephilim killer. Spirit of power and mind, I'm not coming near you. Send you out there. I'm telling you. But we will finish, because it says here in verse 9, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Listen, we're going to finish what was started. Do you understand this? This is what was going to start beginning on us this month. <coughs> so verse 10, it says, For he who has despised the day of small beginnings, for these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. What's the plumb line represent? It's going to be a plumb line. It's a building thing to make sure a wall has been put up straight. Hey? It's God's standards. A plumb line, Jesus is going to be our standard. The plumb line. We're not going to swing over to the slippery grace. We're not going to swing over to religion. We're going to be the plumb line of his presence. Jesus being that plumb line. Because it's the capstone. Jesus is the capstone. The plumb line is Jesus. It's his standards that we're going to be saying, this is what we're going to go up to. Incredible. But we will finish what was started. You see, God will finish and fulfill his purposes and his plans through a bunch of people like you and me. This is God's work, not ours. But he's going to use us. He's going to anoint us. He's going to fill us. And now's the time to dedicate more than ever to the plans of God. I don't want to be in the permissive will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. You see... God gave the job to men. When you look in Ezra, Ezra 6, he gave the job to finish the temple to a bunch of men and women, didn't he? And again, this is prophetic. He is going to give us a job to do to complete his plans and fulfill his purposes. And guess what? They will tie into our plans and our purposes. But God is going to bring to fulfillment and complete the destiny that's you and me are going to start doing. Number seven, very quickly. I'm going to run through the next three, very quickly. Two olive trees. 
it represents there are going to be two people arising in Jerusalem. The two witnesses. We will see the two witnesses start arising in Israel, in Jerusalem, this year. Very quickly. Number eight. The 144,000 out of Revelation 7. And Revelation 7, it was out of the 12 tribes of Israel. So that's a separate bunch of people. Those are the people that are going to be filled with this in Jerusalem, in Israel. But the 144,000 at the book of, of chapter 14, at the book of Acts, tells us that they come out of where? Men. Men. So it's the men of the world. It's not Jerusalem. It's a different bunch of people. But this 144,000 are going to be doing the greater works. We're going to be doing the greater works because this is where your plans and purposes to do the greater works. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Everyone should know this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. What is your hope and your future? It's in him. He is the plumb line. When you are saying, Lord, I want to fulfill every plan and purposes, it's his plan and purposes that he wants fulfilling. And he's going to use you and me to fulfill his plans and purposes in our destiny. This is the greatest time to be alive as a Christian. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. Prayer is going to be key. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The Lord's going to have visitation on you. The Lord is going to have visitation. You're going to wake up and the Lord's going to say, come here Maureen, I need to speak to you. Let's go to the sitting room. Doom, instantly awake. And the Lord's going to speak to you. What are these plans? Do you want to know the plans? You should remember this verse. John 14, 12. Everyone should know this verse. Very truly I tell you. So when Jesus says, very truly I tell you, that means you can guarantee this word is going to happen. It's a guarantee. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. You're going to do greater things than Jesus. Even greater. Greater numbers, greater miracles because you're going to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a calling out, number 10, the calling out of his bride. Song of Songs 5, verses 1 to 2. Beautiful. And here you have three groups of people. Remember what I've said about Revelation 12? Three groups of people. It's the bride, the bridegroom, and friends of the bride. And these are the three people. Verse 1. I've come into my garden, my sister, my bride... I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. That's the spice and the myrrh of the Holy Spirit. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. This is the friends now saying, eat, friends, and drink. Drink your fill of love. The love of the Lord. And this is she. I slept, but my heart was awakened. There's the suddenly... You're going to be awake and listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, the presence of the Holy Spirit, my hair with the dampness of the night. That means you've been in the presence of God and he still resides upon you. Presence of the Holy Spirit and the dampness of the Lord in the Holy of Holies. But we have to be opening ourselves and be intimate with him. Open the door of your heart today. Open the door of your heart today and say, come on in. 
And then grace, grace, grace will abound. Lay aside the old you, number 11. You've got to lay the old side of, of you. You were taught with regard, this is Ephesians 4, verse 22 and to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Remember at uh, Jonah Center when I came out of Colossians 2? When Jesus enters into the Holy of Holy, what does he do? He makes us pure, holy and blameless and above all reproach. There is going to be a bunch of people that are going to have holiness written on their forehead and their forearm like never before. But you've got to put off your old self. The old is gone. The new is coming. Do you follow me? Walk in love. You've got to be walking in love more than anything else. Ephesians 4, verse 32 and 5, verse 2. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We have got to become love, folks. Love, 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 love. If you love me, you will keep my commands. We've got to stop living out of our carnal flesh and start living out of our spirit flesh. Yes? It's going to be a great few months and it's going to start now. This is the beginning of the end of this age and we're going to now move into the new age. There's a crossover period, folks. We don't just suddenly see the end of this world and walk straight into the new one. There's always that crossover. We're in the thread of that crossover. We're in the end of this age and we're about to walk into the new age to come, the power of the age to come. We're going to be walking and talking with animals. I'm telling you, you know, you're going to see the most incredible things happen. You're going to turn storms away by one word, go. When earthquakes come and every house on the left and the right has been completely obliterated, but yours is the only one standing. And they're going to come flooding to you. And you're going to feed them. You're going to equip them. You're going to be supernaturally preparing your little jar of oil and your little jar of flour, and God's going to multiply it. This is coming, but it will be with intimacy. Because, folks, what does Jesus do? He comes in this new age for a thousand years. To put this world, it's going to take a thousand years to write this world. To write. He comes. David, King David, it says in the Bible, is going to be king where? In Jerusalem. He's going to be God's man in Jerusalem. King David. He knew this. In that place in Ziglag. You know, when he walked backward and forwards, God, you said, I'm going to be... David was reminding God that he was going to be the king. Not just in this age, but in the age to come. But who rules and reigns with him? We do. This crossover now is all preparation for that. This is so much bigger. This is what the church does. Narrows it in. This is what God does. See the bigger picture. Remember this? 
See the bigger picture. I see you. I'm telling you, this is coming. This is coming. What's it going to look like? Matthew 22. Matthew 22. This is what it's, this is what it's all about. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. This is the time to give everything to him. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. There we go. With all of your mind, soul, mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. It's also the best gift that you can ever give to you. A love for him like never before. That's the greatest gift. If it's the greatest commandment, it's got to be the greatest gift. There are going to be a, we are going to be on so on fire, Steve, with him. We're going to be so in love with Jesus that no one is going to put this fire out. This is why we had the strap line with bushfire. The Lord gave us this strap line, call it bushfire, and underneath, put one spark, will set a nation ablaze. What's that spark? You. We're going to set this nation ablaze. If not us, then who? If not now, when? If not, do you know what? Here, then where? And the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, we fulfill this. We fulfill everything. You're going to have a bunch of people, you and me, we're going to love the world like it's never been loved before. This is what we want. We're going to love the people. You're going to have a little girl. I'm telling you, some of you, I'm seeing this now in the spirit. Some of you are going to have prostitutes with stinking of whatever. Whatever they've been up to the night before. They're going to be smelly and you're going to love on them. You're going to smother them in God's love and they will break. And when they come out of that crying, they're going to be set free by you giving them a hug. We can do that, can't we, Kath? And we can just love on these people. You're going to have the businessman who's been crooked all his life. You're going to have the drug dealer who's got millions. Do you know how much drug money is spent in this country? How much does a drug guy earn, the top guys? They say an estimate is over 9.2 billion. 9.2 billion pounds to some drug baron. Where's that money going to end up? In the kingdom. It's going to be up in the kingdom. For the kingdom builders, you're going to have drug barons who are going to walk into you and say, I have been a murderer, I've done this, I've done that, and these are my ill-gotten gains, and I give them to you. Listen, my mother and I had a conversation. Do not sow your money. Do not put your tithe into a house that isn't serving the kingdom. There are churches that are being kept open today because of the tithes of good people with good, good intentions. But it isn't God's purpose. If they're not sowing it into the kingdom, then don't sow into it. So we've got to be very careful who we sow into. I only want to sow into where I know there's going to be a crop, a harvest. That's the person I want to sow into. There's going to be, listen, folks, there is going to be an exchange of finances like we have never seen before. Wow. To get the job done. We're going to get a training and equipping centre 
We're, when we go to, to February, you know, Heidi and I and a few of you guys going over to Australia in February. You know, I spoke to Mark last night. said, yeah, we've got quite a few people from bushfire coming to... You know, what, what, what's going to happen is... See, I'm asking God to give me the messages that I've got to preach for them. But what we're going to do is bring it back. We're going to bring back here to the UK and replicate what they're doing over there. Sadhu's going to come here. He's going to give us instructions. He might even spank our bottoms. Because all scripture is God-breathed. Useful for what? Teaching, correcting, training in righteousness. We might have a bit of correction. I don't mind if we have a bit of correction. But folks, let's dedicate ourselves. Let's dedicate ourselves now. We're going to dedicate ourselves now to the Holy Spirit. We're going to say, come Lord, come. Come Lord Jesus, come. Come, we give ourselves to you. So Father, I ask you to stand up because you're going to receive something. You're going to start to receive an infilling, an impartation of the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to come through holy hands. It's going to come by the Spirit of God. He is, this is why this angel has been standing here all the time. He is going to start giving out through the power of the Holy Spirit. People are going to start feeling it. If you don't feel it, do not worry. It's not based on our feelings. It's based on the truth. You are going to receive something. And what you're going to do is you're going to receive like a little jar. And that little jar every day is going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's going to go from a little jar like that. This represents your life. This is what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to put a measure of himself into you. Your responsibility is to grow into the fullness of what he wants you to be. This today is the start of it. You're going to have a maturing of a body of people like the world has never seen. So, Father, I thank you for this message. Lord, I've been your faithful servant. I have preached this message. But, Holy Spirit, none of this will make any sense unless you anoint it, you touch it. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are your temple, Father. You constructed us. You are fearfully, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you make everything perfect. So we ask you now, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Oh, can you feel it? Can you feel that, that wind? There's a little wind just started. Come on, wind has changed. Holy Spirit, come and touch us. Come and fill us. Come and start to fulfill the destiny that, and the plans and the purposes of God in our lives like never before. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Put it, give us that measure that you would have us have now. Come on, fill us, Holy Spirit. Can anyone feel that little draft? Yep. Yep. There it is. Oh. Wow. Holy Spirit, fill us. And all you are saying is, here I am, Lord, fill me. Lord, send me out into the harvest. I'm ready. Just tell him, this is what you want. You want to fulfill his plans and his purposes. Lord, we want to fulfill everything that's written in the books. Because in those times of the great white throne, the books come out. What are those books? It's books about, written about you and me. Lord, I want every book to be filled with your plans and purposes to be full in our books. So come and fill us. Holy Spirit, come and anoint us that our cup will overflow.
with your presence. And I pray, Lord, we set ourselves apart for intimacy with you. We want to be intimate into your presence like we have never been before. Lord, many of you are going to have dreams and you're going to have visions about your destiny. Many of you are going to start having dreams and visions. You're going to start daydreaming and seeing visions about what you're going to do. Some of you are now seeing yourself laying hands on the sick and they will instantly recover. But tarry thee. This is what the Lord says. Tarry thee. Make yourself available today. Tarry. Wait. Wait until you are endured with power from on high. So here we are, Holy Spirit. We wait on you. Come and fill us. Let your weighty presence come on us, Holy Spirit. I want you to now dedicate yourselves. This is only between you and the Lord. You and the Holy Spirit. But I want you now to dedicate yourselves to him. I want you to dedicate yourselves to his plans and his purposes. And there's, I'm telling you now, there's realignment happening. There is a calibration going on, I can see now, of realignment. Things that the Lord told you to pick up and then lay down. It's telling you now to re-pick it up. This is the time. It says, ask the Lord of the harvest. This is what the Lord is saying. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask him how many you're going to bring in. And listen, don't be, don't be conservative with that number. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask for millions. Ask for millions of souls. But Lord, I pray, start here in Sheffield. We ask for the 750,000 or so people in this city. Lord, we declare this city to be the city of healing, of revival that will set this nation ablaze. But Lord, first start with us. Set our hearts on fire that we burn for you. As they said about John Wesley, what's your secret? And he said, the Lord sets me on fire and people come and watch me burn. Lord, set us on fire so the Gentiles will watch us burn with a passion for you. Give us an infilling of love for you like we have never known before. The Lord is saying he is going to take us higher. And there is grace, grace, grace on these words. Such grace for this to happen now and it's going to happen quickly. And the Lord is standing at the door of your hearts and he's saying, let me in. So here's my heart, Lord. Just present to me your heart. Here's my heart. It's yours. <laughs>